Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, and hey, how we doing? Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. I'm Craig. I am your host. I am your bartender, mixologist, and information for the hour. Uh, so well, this is a very special episode. This is our second episode of 2019. And uh, I want to thank all the listeners we had all last year. So we have over 800, I think we're get almost 1,000 listeners now on our for our show there. So if you haven't noticed, it's really kind of quiet here in the studio. It's because, well, one reason we're not in the studio, actually, we're at Algonquin College at the bartending program. Uh, yes, we are uh, sipping back drinks here while we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> well, at least a couple of us are anyway. Uh, also, too, Cam is not here. That's why it's so quiet, because Cam's not here. So, Mike is filling in for uh, Cam today. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. <laughs> if you notice, it's just Mike. No Dan today. So, uh, we just have Mike today. Dan couldn't make it. Or did Dan could not make it, or we just, like, exclude him from the pack? No, he's busy with the work. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm sure he would have loved to be here, but... Uh... That's right, Dan. If you're, he was if you're preoccupied, list- unfortunately. Dan, if you're listening, we wish you were here. <laughs> Cam, same thing. So, Mikey, tell a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm Mike. Uh, known Craig a little while here. Keeps me busy on the Fridays, occupied, and make sure I don't die of thirst. <laughs> That's my job. That's right. Make sure those beers keep coming as you go along. <laughs> That's right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, though, Mike. What do you do outside of drinking, obviously, at the bar? Oh, well, that's not all the time. In my spare time, I uh, like to collect hot sauce. I have a nice little collection of hot sauce going on at at home. (laughs) Something to do, you know. Pick one up every time you go somewhere different. So I have to ask now, when we come over to visit your house and you make us amazing food, are you just, like, dipping in hot sauce in there as well to see if we're going to react or not? Oh, that, that depends how cheeky I feel that day. Or it depends on how cheap we are on our booze, right? Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so we also have some special guests here. Actually, they're taking right now, existing, the bartending program here at Algonquin. And we have Shelly and uh, Christy, right? Yes, hi. Yes, hi. Hi. So, Shelly, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm in my 40s. I like to drink. Wow. I think well, this... <laughs> I just said it funny that some girl actually would say her age. Usually girls are like very resident on that. They're just like, yeah. oh, uh, 25. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, you get to an age where you don't care anymore. It's just a number, right? Yeah, it's just a number. Exactly. Cool. And you're taking a program and? Yes. Uh, I'm Christy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wonderful introduction there. There we go. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Uh, and so there's actually relationships between the two of you. This is very interesting. Yes, uh, we're mother and daughter. So what brought upon coming to the program together at the same time? So I came here last year and my brother took the market bartending program and he interested me. And so I told my mom and then we came. <laughs> he would show up at home with all these cool things he was learning and all the new drinks and everything. And Ah, so he inspired you. Oh, yes. Okay. I, so I have to ask, were you guys like his guinea pig when he actually did the course? Yep. Like you taste some drinks and you're Always. like, well, that didn't really work out. Uh, we'll just try that one again. And because uh, I mean, 
as a as a mixologist and bartender, actually, just so people know, when you guys try that amazing drink at our bar that we've made, just so you know, there's 20 bad drinks that we've made at home. <laughs> that your family okay? drink. Uh, that your family drink. Friends exactly. and families for exactly. Right? So in this bartending program, you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen it, where sometimes you make something and you're like, whoa, that didn't work at all. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And that's why we do the straw test. That's why we don't sit there and clock them back, because after about 20 drinks of sampling drinks, and now we're on the floor. Absolutely. All right. So uh, we got we got you guys here. And so actually what I do is I want to pass on also to that in February, we actually have a new contest going on. And so it's through our website, through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And it's very simple. So what you got to do is you got to do is uh, click on the link, write a review about our episodes that we have going on at the moment. Also like us or share us on Facebook and follow us or like us on Twitter. This is all done by, by the way, my media coordinator, Rochelle. She does all this stuff. So uh, she's doing an amazing job, and I'm sure she's listening. So thank you, Rochelle, for everything that you do for us. So that's going to go all the way through February. And what it is is that we're going to pick uh, someone at the end of February. Wait, is this a leap year or not leap year? I, I do not believe it's a leap year. I never remember. You know, it's like the same thing. Like, we know when they say, well, you know, turn your clocks back or forward. I never know until actually, like, the week of. It's true. I, I usually wait for the news to tell me to do that. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, oh, it's on the radio. It's like, oh, leap ahead. I'm like, oh, okay, so I need to change my clocks. That's a good thing in uh, a decade of technology where we don't have to do our clocks because our over phones do it automatically for it's true. us. It's That's convenient. You just notice when your phone changes, it doesn't match the stove, and then <laughs> and that's your time to switch. Mike wakes up like, it's 8 o'clock. He goes up down to the kitchen to make breakfast. Wait, no, it's 9 o'clock. Which, uh, I'm confused. Which it's one is it? It's a confusing day. <laughs> And so it's the same thing. We're at the end of February, we're going to actually have the end of the contest. So do apply and uh, get yourself involved in that. So I've been meaning to ask you, um, what's your motivation for this show and coming up with new ideas every every week? So the reason why I'm doing the show and started up the show is because a lot of people were asking me about, uh, Craig, what drinks should I make? What recipes should I have? What boo should I have? If you know me, I travel around the world mostly in the Caribbean, of course. And so then they always ask me, what alcohol should I have in my bar? Uh, especially a lot of my neighbors. We'll have a, a couple bars in my neighborhood, actually. So what we do is we bar hop from one house to the other house. It's convenient, so nobody drives. That's true. It's yeah. great. It's great. But I also, too, I, need, I, I figured that there need to be a show out there because there really is not one out there that, A, if you're a bartender and you want to know about tiki culture and tiki drinks, like very specifically, that wasn't out there, so this is obviously one of the reasons why I did it. And two is that the general, you know, average Joe that doesn't know anything about drinks but wants to make some really cool tropical drinks in the summertime for himself or maybe some friends or family coming over that they could check on a recipe page and listen and follow along with us on a podcast and therefore they actually get more education on it. I get it all the time, people coming up to me. Your brother actually was one of the ones that talked to me, Dan, about the Tom Collins and he got super excited about it one day. He's talking about it. And it's like new information that he didn't know about. And uh, so it was pretty interesting to actually get that feedback from yeah, him. It's good information to impress your friends and family when you have them over for a barbecue and make That's all these right. fun cocktails. That's right. And then you've got the stories that go along with it. Yeah. That's right. A little bit of information. Exactly. Speaking about drinks, uh, what drink did you uh, make us today? This toxic drink that we're drinking now. Uh, very punchy. I know. <laughs> so actually, this drink is actually the Hurricane. This is the Hurricane, which is a classic tiki cocktail. Oh, so uh, how did this drink come to be? There must be a fun story in there somewhere. Of course. Every tiki cocktail, for the most part, usually has a really cool story. And this is one of the reasons why I do the research to find out the story. And I do pass it on to my guests or to my patrons in my bar. And they're always fascinated about it. So this drink, actually, the history about it is 1940s in New Orleans. That's right. Where uh, Mardi Gras is, right? Mardi yeah, Gras. Party city, eh? That's right. Get your beads. Actually, it was at Pat O'Brien's in New Orleans. 
And so what ended up happening was that after Prohibition, rum was plentiful. It was everywhere because during Prohibition, rum was coming in from Jamaica, from Cuba, and all the Caribbean islands. And so uh, it was a surplus. And so what ended up happening was after Prohibition, whiskey and scotch, which takes time to age, and so it took a long time for that to come back. And so what had happened was that if I own a bar and I want a bottle of whiskey, well, guess what? I have to actually buy a case of rum. For one bottle what? of whiskey. One <laughs> bottle of whiskey, I got to buy a case of rum. I'm in. I'm in, yeah. It's good to be I in know. the rum business, I guess, then, eh? Seriously, like, <laughs> freaking sign me up. So anyway, so what had happened was that, yeah, so there was a surplus of rum. How can there be a surplus? So what had happened was that O'Brien's bartender, Lois Culligan, actually created the drink to get rid of the surplus of rum. And what ended up happening was some Navy guys came in, some sailors came in, and he made the drink on the fly for them. How did he come up with the name? Was so, it just spur of the moment? Or spur of the moment. Was it a little stormy that uh, that time of year he was making hurricane. the drink? <laughs> I'm calling you Hurricane. And uh, so that's how I got the name. And what it was is that the drink, the glass that he poured it into, actually was a hurricane glass. So how did the name hurricane glassware come from? Well, I did some research, and so what had happened was that on the ships in 1700s, the Navy ships, they would be carrying their lanterns down through the boats. And to prevent the wind from blowing out their lanterns or their candles, they would actually have this piece of glass that went over top, and it was in a hurricane shape. And so because the, the hurricane glass is kind of bottlenecked, that prevented wind from going down the glass and blowing out the candles. Smart. So was that the uh, popular glass at the time? Actually, no. So wow. the popular glass at the time actually was a plastic glass because you're in New Orleans. It's Mardi Gras, right? And everyone's out on the streets parting your asses off. So you can't have any glassware. So the bylaws stated that they couldn't have any glassware out in the streets. So a lot of the bars that are in New Orleans actually served almost all their drinks in plastic glasses just to prevent that from happening. That's easier. Maybe we safer. should start doing that at the bar. That's not a bad you know, idea. I've seen you and your brother go at it, so... Uh... <laughs> save on washing the cups, I suppose. That'd save a lot of time. Hey, that would save me a lot of time. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because I'll get busy at the bar, and the one thing that I hate, to, uh, I, uh, this is my, my flaw, is that I just don't have time to wash glasses. And it's kind of like the last thing that I want to do. So as a bartender, all I want to do is take care of all my customers. Mm. So I'm making drinks and passing off drinks and making sure everyone's taken care of. And then I look back, and there's like three bus tubs of, of glassware waiting for me to wash them. do the plastic cups on the Friday. Nobody <laughs> needs it. to know. <laughs> That's it. Nobody would know. Exactly, yeah. yeah so uh, what's in this drink? So the recipe... It's got a very specific rum. So the rum that's actually used in this is the Gossing rum, which is actually from Bermuda. And that's a black blended rum, and it's four ounces of that. And then it's two ounces of lemon juice, fresh squeezed lemon juice. I do emphasize that. Two ounces of passion fruit syrup. Now, we made this today with Oasis passion fruit, like kind of cardboard you buy at the store passion fruit. When I actually open up a tiki bar in the summertime and in the backyard, all my friends and friends and family come over, I actually do squeeze out passion fruit. Oh, it'll be easier, though. It's more in season in the summertime, I imagine, eh? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So the garnish for this actually is a, a typical tiki cocktail umbrella, and it's speared onto a lemon wedge. And actually, so what we're going to do is we're going to put a link on the uh, website for the YouTube video on how to make this by Robert Hess. Who's this Robert Hess fellow? What's his story? So, Robert Hess. So, as a bartender, we do a lot of research on YouTube as well. So, there's going to be Tipsy Bartender. And the girls actually were at my lecture. We talked about Tipsy Bartender. And it's funny because when you start bartending, the first guy that you hear about is Tipsy Bartender, which is a famous bartender on YouTube if you haven't checked it out. Uh, the problem with the Tipsy Bartender is that his drinks are very boozy. 
I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if Shelly, you talked to me about that or somebody else, one of the students that day. They said, oh, I love Tipsy Bartender. And I said, yes, I know. But the problem is if you look at his recipes, there's like eight ounces of booze in there and about Ooh. two ounces of mix. Yeah, it's crazy. Forget it's what you're doing crazy. by the end of that, eh? Like so, you can have one of that and that's it. <laughs> he's got some really cool flair things. For sure. But and some of the recipes, if you tone down the liquor, I think some of the recipes are really good. Um, so there's Tipsy Bartender, Common Man Cocktails, another guy that's out there. And then Robert Hess. So Robert Hess is kind of like the Mr. Rogers or Mr. Dress-Up kind of guy I see as a personality in this in this industry. And what I mean by that is he comes on, he's usually have a bowling shirt on, he's got the glasses going, and he's very like, he, t- he does a show as if he's talking to like a kid's program. Okay. Okay, folks, so today we're going to talk eh? about the hurricane. And here's the book that it comes from. And here's the liquors that we're going to use today. And make sure you have your tiki, you know, your your glassware, your ice. And so it just he's talking to a 12-year-old making these drinks. And it's just funny <laughs> to watch. Now, get me wrong. He's very informative. And he knows the original recipes, which is very cool. But he just comes across like Mr. Dress-Up. I don't, I'm not surprised he doesn't have indoor-outdoor shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's Robert Hess. If you guys do want to check it out, and actually I will, like I said, put a link on there for him to uh, make the hurricane, and you can always check it out. Yeah, so uh, while we're talking about drinks, maybe we can ask some of our special guests some questions about the program they're taking right now. That sounds good. Let's sounds go with good. that. Yes, Mikey, right, go guys. ahead. So um, can you just do a little explanation, something you learn about your program, how long it is, things involved? So it's 15 weeks, one semester. And you learn mixology, onology, customer care relations, and like bar cost control. So what is onology for people who don't know what that means? It's wonderful. We get to taste beer every week. Yeah. Oh. One, one week we'll jump onto whiskeys. I can't wait for that week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Real hard work. Real hard work. Oh, that sounds, uh, sounds quite fun, actually. So the beers, are they also getting you guys involved in craft beers as well? Or just the staple beers that we know in the industry? No, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Because actually, like, in the beer industry, it's the same as cocktails. They're going more towards craft beers oh, now. It's huge. It's just booming. It seems it's every booming. week a new one opens up. Eh? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like for you guys, they break that down into... Do they break it down into regions? We're doing ales and lagers, lagers? right now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Cool, cool. So of all the different ones for that one, what you said whiskey. What for you, Christy, what's your favorite region you want to talk about or learn about? Like, is it rums, beer? Which spirit would be the one you want to listen to? I'm not a fan of, like, much of them. So, like, all of them are kind of the same to me. So far, of, of all the ones you've done so far, which one is the most interesting for you? Um, yeah, I like St. Germain just because it's, like, floral. And it actually is a very good uh, liqueur from France. Yeah. yeah. Or is it Italy? I have a bottle... I, I have over 300 bottles in my repertoire at home, so sometimes I lose track of what, what came from where. <laughs> it's like it's how it happens. So, also, so you guys said there's also a mixology class. Do you guys do wine as well? or? I, I and onology, yeah. And then also, to cost control and then marketing, right? Yes. So just to let you guys know, also, too, I've done the judging of the cocktail tasting, which you guys do near the end of your term. And it's pretty cool because what you guys got to do is you got to come in with your cocktail that you've created, also do uh, marketing on it and the cost of it. So the cost of it, just a, because as a bartender, and I've actually talked to a couple bartenders, and it's funny because we make cocktails and we're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then we realize like, well, okay, that costs about 50% uh, drink cost, so it's not, it's not practical. Well, it won't be good for the consumer too. I yeah. imagine they paying those high prices. Well, yeah, because the more expensive the liquor gets, then the higher the, the cocktail goes, right? So, yeah, exactly, yeah. And how long is the program again? 15 weeks, one 15 semester. Weeks. Yeah. So it's one semester. So it's kind of good because some people get intimidating. Well, I'm working a full-time job. I want to be a bartender. I want to take the course. 
but it's you know they think they're thinking a one year or two year program it's not right so it's 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 a little more uh feasible for someone to join into this program and then go back out into the field absolutely how long are the classes each week a couple hours the latest i think is like five hours we have that's not bad so I have to ask also too. So is there a class that starts like the crack of dawn, or are you all? Nine a.m. Nine a.m. is really? the earliest one. And what is it's communications? Right, right. I'm just saying because it's a bartending program, and if you know most bartenders, we're not morning people. So I can imagine even the programs like you know Antonio comes in at ten o'clock and all right, folks, he's got his shades on. He's like, all right, folks, I got my coffee here. Let's start the class. So from what uh, do you see the program, like what asset do you see coming out of the program or you will come out of the program that's going to help you get into the work industry? I believe all of them, they really cover it. They crunch everything right in every possible angle. They crunch it in those courses that you learn so much about the whole of the business, not just up there slinging drinks out of school. Now, I actually noticed too that I remember correctly, the program, they took flair out of the program, right? Yeah. Yeah. In case we set the boys on fire. <laughs> well, that's probably a good judgment call. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure the people on the stairs down below was appreciating that too because bottles would drop on the floor. Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, where do you guys see cocktails going in this in the industry? Do you see it coming more prevalent these days over just regular beer? Or? No, I think they're going to boom. I think everything old is new again. So let's get these old recipes and give them a spin and get them back out there. Yeah, exactly. That's what the third generation of actually Tiki Cocktail is right now. We got mixologists, like when I went to the Mabel of Love competition last year and uh, even just talking Tiki bartenders, they're taking old recipes and they're giving it their new spin. So example, we did episode 20, which is the last episode of, uh, of 2018. And in there, there's actually cocktails that these bars are making that are classic cocktails, but they have their own spin on them. Put a new fresh and twist to it. Exactly. Yeah, they're adding new ingredients to it, and they're making it something different. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what you guys do when you go. Guys go home, right? Do you guys test stuff out, right? On Fridays, we have uh, we have to. They give us limited items, and we have to create some kind of a drink. Now, what's the time frame that you guys have when you do that? Is it half an hour? Thirty minutes? Yeah. So you basically you've got thirty minutes. You've got some spirits and some mixers and some ingredients in front of you, and you got to come up with something. Yeah, pressure's uh, on. Eh? It's kind of like the black box, like the black box at Made with Love. Uh, okay, very cool. So where do you get? What is your favorite cocktail and why? And we'll we'll start with uh, Shelly. I'm a Havana. I like the Cuban rum. I don't it's smooth on my palate. Yeah, exactly. So and, until I meet another one, I like better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll give you a tidbit. There's one called Cruising Rum. Now you can't get it here in Canada, so that's why you won't be. But Cruiser Rum actually is from St. Croix. Uh, they sell it in the States. So if you do go down to somewhere in the southern part of the States, do pick it up. It's called Cruiser Rum. It's from St. Croix, which is St. Thomas. Um, amazing rum. Very smooth. And actually, I don't... There's a story I actually tell in one of the, the podcasts, previous podcasts. And earlier, this has happened. So you fly into St. Thomas, and you're at the airport, and you're waiting for luggage. Now, we all hate waiting for our luggage, right? It's like, oh, my God, where's my bags? I want to get the hell out of here. I want to get you know, move on, right? In St. Thomas, when you're waiting for your luggage, they actually give you samples of cruise and rum free <laughs> while you're waiting for your luggage. So That's I, not bad. Kind yeah. of takes the stress down a little bit. Oh, it makes your trip so much more so smoother. Right? If the luggage takes a lot longer, do they come around with round two, round well, three of these samples? So here's the funny story. So I got the free sample. My luggage has not quite come. But then I did see my luggage, and I thought, well, you know what? I want to take advantage of this situation. So I let my luggage go around uh, one more time. <laughs> And I actually said to the guy, I, I, I don't see my luggage. Can I get another, can I get another drink? Can I get another cruise and rum? Because I'm, you know, I'm waiting here for my luggage and it hasn't come by yet. So he actually gave me another drink. 
You didn't have a luggage, did you? That's you just, right. You just had your one carry-on with you? That's right. <laughs> just give me the bottle, buddy. Just, come on. It's not coming. Where is it? <laughs> These are the tips that the travel agent don't give you. <laughs> That's right. That should be on Expedia.com somewhere. <laughs> and uh, for you, Kirsty, what's, what's your uh, drink of choice? I am very simple. I like Sour Puss and 7-Up. Cool. So you're like sugar-based. You basically like something sweet. Yes. From that, uh, again, Cruise and Rum again. Uh, the coconut Cruise and Rum actually is probably the sweetest coconut rum I've ever tasted. And actually, my girlfriend, she loves Cruise and Rum to the point where like that's all I can make drinks for her. <laughs> so again, if you're down in Florida or somewhere in southern states, get a bottle of coconut rum and you'll love it. I'm telling you. You've had seven up to that and you'll be like in heaven. On the to-do list. Yep. There you go. Did you know? I did not know. See, Mike's, you know, that's that's Cam's line, so Mike's got to, you know. <laughs> but Mike does not know these facts, so that's why he's uh, stating the facts. I do not know these facts. That's right. I, I wish you to tell me about them a little bit. All right, so we got to talk about Prohibition because we did talk about with the hurricane that Prohibition was the reason why the hurricane was existing. So here's some interesting facts about Prohibition. So Prohibition actually starts way, way back in 1791. And well, you're like, well, Craig, wait a minute now. Didn't Prohibition start in 1920? Well, yes. Actually, we got to go all the way back to 1791 because what ended up happening was that in the colonies here in the United States that people obviously moved from Europe, be it England, France, or Spain, and said, so, okay, that's it. Screw you guys. I don't like the rules over here. I'm going to go over to this new colony and be able to flourish, get a new life, and, hey, be away from the, all the rules. Well, guess what? Eh. Uh, so, <laughs> wrong answer. Alex Trebek, you didn't put in the form of a question. Uh, so, no, what happened was that they tied on a tax to anything that was like beer or liquor at the time because they saw that the society was using liquor all the time. And so, therefore, to generate revenue for this new colony, well, why not add tax? Might as well take advantage of the situation, eh? They do it to us. Yeah. You ever notice, like, every time that the budget comes out for Canada or Ontario, that the first two things they nail is smokes and beer? Yep. Those are the first two things they attack right away. Right? Because they know, year. like, you're going to still pay for your beer. Yeah, you're, exactly. You're, you're, you're still going to stop drinking. You're still going to smoke, so. Exactly. So, so anyways, of course, the obviously frowned upon that, but like, wait a minute now. You're taxing my liquor, and I came all the way over here to have a new freedom life? So that's yeah. one of the reasons why Prohibition started. But that can be the only reason, I imagine, eh? Right. Exactly. Let's move a little forward more to 1800s. And what happened was a religion kicked into clay. All the old church there. Hey, let's get involved. Oh, he's like putting their nose in things. Uh, I know, into other people's place business. So what happened was that the church saw liquor and alcohol as a negative thing. And it ended up having to affect society and family structure. So what happened was that dad, oh, dad, hey, after work, let's go have some beers down at the pub. Or sorry, back then it was a pub. Let's go down to the salon and salon. <laughs> Let's go down to the saloon and have some beers. And of course, then later on he comes home. He's drunk. So verbal abuse came into play with family structure. Physical abuse came into play. And so the church was like, "That's it. We need to stop this." And one of the reasons the way we'd stop this is clearly to get rid of alcohol. And so what it pop is that in 1890. Let's roll down the line. 1890, the Anti-Saloon League, ASL. Uh, was created to stop sales of alcohol in public. And so this caused a lot of friction, obviously. But what ended up happening was that the ASL would go to the politicians that are in the region and say, you know what, if you don't join us and fight for our cause, we'll make sure that you don't get reelected. So actually, it was a very strong push towards the politicians to like, no, we're going to stop this and alcohol should not be served in public. And so the politicians, of course, in fear, followed along and therefore they got a larger push towards alcohol being banned in society. Was there a, a leader or a leader someone of who this created cult? the ASL? 
a leader of this lovely cult that we call <laughs> ASL? Well, actually, yes, it's Wayne Wheeler. And Wayne Wheeler was the leader of this ASL. And so actually he had a history of removing alcohol in public ever since he was a kid. Oh. A kid. Not even drinking age, and he was like, nope, that's it. I don't like alcohol. I want to ban from life. Oh, why was he so against it? There must have been something there. So the funny story about this one is actually that he was, in a form, he was involved in a farming accident, actually, that involved a drunken worker on his farm that hit him in the head, knocked him out, and so from there on in, he didn't like alcohol. And that's why he didn't like it, because <laughs> one person, that's fair. Sometimes all it takes is one person for you to not like a certain thing. Maybe the guy was using the wrong tool. Maybe he uh, needs, like, Toolman Taylor there to help him out. <laughs> could be. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he needs to go down to Home Depot, get the right hoe, <laughs> and just work, you know. That always cheers, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh! Uh, that's a different kind of hoe. <laughs> Shelly, oh, my God. This is a, a you know, all-age program here. Uh, <laughs> So uh, what did he do to influence the public not to drink? So he actually started something called Wheelism. Uh, there's original. Wheeler, Wheelism. He's so smart, this guy. This guy's intelligent, I know, I'm telling you. So what he would do is he actually would use the media to tell the general public that basically, oh, well, everyone hates alcohol. Everyone wants to ban alcohol. It's a negative thing. It's not good for you. And so, of course, doing that actually made the general public think like yeah i guess everyone's doing this so let's just do it it's like saying like you know if we were on facebook if i went on facebook right now and said that milk causes cancer and then you pass it on share it and then shelly hmm. shares it and Kristen, well, Chris, around christy quick. shares it all of a sudden everyone thinks like milk causes cancer does it right i mean we all see that down in the states like false news fake news so what he was also trying to do was that he was also saying is like, hey, alcohol also causes crime in society. Now, actually, at that time, there was a high level of crime, and there was, but obviously this is not the solution. <laughs> no, that, that didn't work out so well, I imagine, eh? No, so actually what ended up happening was that crime actually increased. So you got gangs like Mr. Al Capone that goes, well, geez, alcohol is bad, perfect. I'll go up to Canada. That's a big boom business. And say, hi, you lovely, friendly Canadians. Can I buy your whiskey from you and I'll uh, bring it down to the States and sell it illegally and, uh, hey, make a fortune? Oh, and when I'm popping, he's gaining power and saying, yeah, uh, guess what? I am now mayor of this town. And, uh, yeah, people were getting shot, killed. I mean, crime rate basically went through the yeah. roof because Didn't of... Didn't work uh, because like of the... this Wheeler character thought no. it would, eh? Uh, oops, <laughs> went the wrong way. <laughs> So that's some information about Prohibition. We'll also we'll pass more on to on the next episode. There's a little more fine facts for you. Uh, I do want to thank Shelly and uh, Christy, for, gosh, Christy for coming on the show and tell us a little bit of the, about the Gunkman program because I think it's an amazing program. And if you uh, want to be a bartender, get involved, check it out. Uh, you know, we can always come and talk to these guys anytime you want and ask them any questions you have about the program and they'll be happy to tell you anything about it. Uh, and it's also great to also have guests on the show talking about cocktails in general. Uh, of course, Cam is not being here, but Mikey, I think he did a fine job filling oh, in for him. Thanks for having me. Uh, and... Kudos to that. Yes, huh. for sure. I don't and, know if that's uh... real or you're just putting that on to make me feel better, but uh, uh, I'll take it either way, I suppose. Okay, Mike, you're cut off on drinks for now, okay? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, just let you guys tell us a little bit about ourselves. So we are www.tikicentralcanada.ca, uh, or you can do the .com. We have both domain names. And on there, you'll see basically a little bit about me and Cam, some history about tiki culture and about us. Also, too, some recipe pages on there. So all the recipes we've done through all the shows are all on there. So if you want to make a cool drink or even something simple to entertain your folks even for, or for yourself after work, right after work, have that tiki cocktail, right, whatever, 
then you can go on there. We also have a show uh, page on there for episodes, so you can click on the link and stream the show anytime you want. Uh, also, do we do have a subscribe page on that? We do heavily recommend going there because we don't have any commercials on this show, if you noticed. And so we do rely on subscriptions. iTunes and Google Play basically has a quota for us to hit, and we always try to hit that, and we're doing a pretty good job so far. Um, so on there, you can see that we're on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, Spotify. Uh, that one's a more, more recent one we did, and YouTube. So we're doing YouTube audio for now. We will be doing a video segments starting in the summer uh, when the Tiki Bar is, of course, open. It's not open right now. It's wrapped up. So check us out. Also, don't forget to do the contest. There is a $25 Visa gift card prize, so feel free to enter that. And uh, I guess that's all I got. You guys all good? Well, yeah. good. Think all right, awesome. So everybody say bye. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>